The Public News Service Daily Newscast, January the 17th, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. The quest for greater racial equality is in the spotlight today on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We have a series of reports starting with Eric Tegetoff from the Northwest. Gordon McHenry Jr., President and CEO of United Way of King County, says the first step to addressing inequality is understanding this struggle is going on everywhere. Make sure that folks are recognizing that in Seattle and King County, progressive Northwest, we have issues of racial inequity right here. And it's not in other places. It's right here. To shed more light on the issue, United Way of King County hosts an online event this Wednesday at 6 p.m. with Clint Smith, author of a recent book on America's reckoning with its history of slavery. And today, activists in Little Rock are hosting a drive through Interfaith Prayer Day on MLK Day. The Caravan of Love in Action starts at 8 a.m. at Martin Luther King Elementary in Little Rock, handing out breakfast bags to visitors before proceeding to the governor's mansion where organizers will offer voter information. Caravan organizer Deborah Springer-Sutler says the event is about reminding Arkansans what's at stake if Congress fails to pass key voting rights protections. It's important for the John Lewis Voting Advancement Act and the People's Act to pass, but we intend to continue to fight by providing the information about voting rights, how to register to vote, how to get involved in each election so we can make a difference. The caravan was also organized by Reverend Anika Whitfield of the Arkansas Poor People's Campaign and has received support from the ACLU of Arkansas and the Arkansas Legislative Black Caucus. And now to Ohio, where folks across the state will answer Martin Luther King Jr.'s call to action. MLK Day is the only federal holiday designated as a National Day of Service. Sarah Short is the Volunteer Engagement Program Officer at Serve Ohio the State Commission on Service and Volunteerism. She spoke a lot on the beloved community, and I think that serving on MLK Day really shows that you're committed to service to help really unify everyone despite different backgrounds and experiences. Throughout Ohio, thousands of people are taking part in volunteer events organized by their schools, churches, and other organizations as well. Mary Sherman reporting. And for Reuters, a dangerous winter storm combining high winds and ice began sweeping through parts of the U.S. Southeast Sunday, knocking out power, felling trees and fences. Tens of thousands of customers without power in Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. Highway Patrol is reporting hundreds of vehicle accidents and a tornado ripped through a trailer park in Florida. This is PNS. Advocates for New Yorkers with disabilities calling on state lawmakers to take action on policies that would raise earnings for home care workers. The Fair Pay for Home Care Act would increase the pay for workers in home and community-based care services to at least 150% of the minimum wage. Heidi Siegfried with Center for Independence of the Disabled New York says low pay in this field has contributed to high worker turnover, which could leave people without the care they need. So the person may end up, you know, going without care for a day, not able to get out of bed, not able to transfer. Depending on your disability, some people are very dependent on the worker to, you know, live their life. Siegfried says her group also hopes New York Governor Kathy Hochul will slate a home care worker pay raise in the state budget being announced Tuesday. Federal funding for these workers through the Build Back Better Act is still up in the air since the U.S. Senate hasn't voted on the plan. I'm Michaela Sabat reporting. 
Iowa's tax credit for installing solar energy systems is no longer in place, but lawmakers still face pressure to provide payments to those who were on a waiting list. The credit was allowed to expire at the end of 2021, and with the money set aside for residential installments already spent, those who applied but hadn't been paid were out of luck. The Iowa Department of Revenue says more than 1,400 applications were ultimately denied. But Nick Summers with the Center for Rural Affairs says these property owners each made a substantial investment, hoping it would be offset by the credit. The state's failing to uphold its side of the deal. And we know that the state has the means to pay this out because the state of Iowa is sitting on a $1.2 billion budget surplus. That surplus estimate was issued in the fall and larger figures are now being floated as the legislative session gets underway. I'm Mike Moen. Finally, Roz Brown tells us New Mexico's 30-day legislative session, held in even number years, typically focuses on budget issues. But juvenile justice advocates are hopeful the governor will prioritize a bill that failed to pass last year. The bill would have banned life without parole sentences for juveniles and would make them automatically eligible for parole after 15 years. ACLU of New Mexico staff attorney Denali Wilson believes the legislation would balance the needs to protect public safety, respect the rights of victims, and also address harsh sentencing. And the need to treat children who we know possess unique capacity to grow and change to treat them differently than we treat adults who commit similar crimes. According to Wilson, increased parole options for young people who commit crimes creates incentive for good behavior and participation in rehabilitation programs. About 75 people would fall under the provisions of the Second Chance Bill in New Mexico. This is Mike Clifford. Thank you for starting your week with Public News Service. Member and listeners supported. Heard on radio stations, big and small. Find your trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.